Greetings, Quester, and welcome to the Quest Report with Matt and Richard. On this episode of the Quest Report, we're going to be talking about Room 25. Now, Room mm. 25 was released back in 2013, so it's it's not a brand new game, although it does have new expansions out at the minute, so we thought we'd revisit it and take a, a look at this one, because it's a game that we've both played a fair bit, haven't we, over the years? Yeah, and we played it with one of the expansions, but not the other. Yeah, we? okay. we've played it with the expansion that came out in 2014, mm-hmm. uh, which is Room 25 Season 2. The new one, Room 25 Escape Room, has literally just been released. Right. So it has come through, but it's still in, in shrink. We might have to do a quest report on that one when we've done it. Yeah, once we've so tried that, that we'll see what it... up to date. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you what it looks like at a later point. So, first off, theme-wise... Room 25 is uh, its a maze, essentially, isn't it? It's all about exploration. It's, it's a deadly it's, maze. It's a deadly maze. It's a sci-fi maze. Mm. Um, it's actually based on films like uh, The Cube. Yeah, so when I first played this, it was somebody else's house, and we had to have watched The Cube before yeah. we went around to play it. And then when, when we played it at yours... Um, we just put the cube on for a bit before we, <laughs> before we played it. So just it gets you into the right feel of it because then you can really imagine kind of being trapped in these rooms because um, when you're playing the game, it's just these, it's tiles, isn't mm. it, representing the room. But um, yeah, it just feels a lot more claustrophobic when you watch a film. Yeah. It? <laughs> so. Mechanic-wise, this is a game uh, essentially about programming, uh, mod it's got a modular board so mm-hmm. that board's going to keep moving around yeah, as so you're every playing game it. will be different yeah, yeah. Uh, but that means also memory comes into play doesn't it because you've got to you might know what what a room is because all the rooms are hidden but you can peek at tiles as an action mm. on your turn um, so you might know where a room is initially yeah but very shortly after it could be in a different place and you've got to try and keep track of where it's gone perhaps. yeah everything shifts around and then yeah. we no longer know where that room was yeah you can leave a little token on it can't you but yeah, what but happened you've only to got me, one token so. when we played it i forgot what my token meant yeah <laughs> uh, i couldn't remember if it was good or bad so i just had to go and <laughs> try it in the room just go and walk in and see if i died yeah. so richard talk us through a, a normal turn because you say you've, this is a game that you might be playing competitively it might you might be playing mm-hmm. it cooperatively you could be playing it solo and it's a good game to play solo Okay. Um, so talk us through a standard term. What options are open to you? Well, what you do is, as you mentioned, it's programming. So you have these little tiles that are for possible actions mm. that you can do. And you can choose two actions. Mm. And this is out of uh, possibilities that include um, peeking into the next room, or one of the rooms that's around you, uh, moving into another room. Uh, then there's also pushing someone into the other room. That Which one's is another way fun. of seeing what a room might be and how deadly it might be before you yeah, move in. Yeah, that's it. And there is also to move the room. So the... Um, the control action. The that one that you are on, yeah. yeah, you can like shift all those rooms down by mm. one um, in any direction initially. But once during one turn they've been moved one way, mm. you put a little arrow there and then if anybody else wants to move that same section they have to do it in the same yeah. direction so it, you can't just shift something straight back yeah once and you can't shift it. diagonally either it's got to be either up and, yeah, up yeah. and down or left and right and, yeah so it's a five by five grid isn't it everywhere ends up getting moved all the way around you can't move the middle square which is where you all start that's mm. always kind of a safe 
That's the safe space. Yeah. You can go there and talk about whatever you want. <laughs> and no one can tell you. And you can't be them. pushed out of that room either. No, you can't. That would no universities don't like that. No. <laughs> but yeah, um so you program these moves and you have the first one then the second one. And what happens is it's a different starting play of each turn, isn't yeah. it? And what you do is you each go around and do your first action. And then you each go around again and do your second action. So you have to really think about what other people might do mm. for your second action. Because you might end up... Just, just for example, you might have had to peek into a room for your first action. Mm. And then your second action is a move. Now, depending what everybody else does or what you find out about the rooms around you, they could move you a bit. I mean, you could be surrounded by death rooms. Yeah. So it, And you might not know it because the one room you've peeked at might have been moved by someone else's control action. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. uh, then you've got another unknown room there. And do you have to do your move or can you choose not to do it? I think you have to do your yeah, move you have even to if do it's not if to it's, your advantage. If it's at all possible, you have mm. to do it. Like, for an example, if you've got a push and then there ends up being nobody there, you can't do it. But if there were, if there was somebody there, you'd have to push them, yeah. even even if it ended up being your ally or something. Yeah. And um, yeah, if you end up with your second move being a move one, and there is only death rooms around you, you'll just have to walk into the fire or into the saw yeah. blades or something, and just that's just how it goes. And I think that's that's true of any programming game that you what you initially want to do might not actually be to your favour ultimately because things can change around you. It's just to show you that everybody acting simultaneously. And in the base game, you've only got those four options, haven't you? Now, Room 25 Season 2 makes that more interesting because Mm. all you've got are those four options on your turn in the core game. In Room 25 Season 2, it introduces... Uh, another option to you, which is your character's special ability. Yeah, which you have as a little tile. You have a little tile, tiles. yeah, to add to your other four tiles to show that you've got this special ability. Mm. Uh, and some of the characters have more than one special ability, Yeah, which means that that tile just means they're doing a special ability and then they say decide what they want to do. And some of those are quite interesting because, for example, one of my favourite things about Season 2 is that it adds robots. It adds robot rooms and you get little robot miniatures to, yeah, to so stick Yeah, so you can in. move them around. And it takes... <laughs> so... You can go into if you move into a room, you put a robot down, you activate it, and you can move it around. One of the character's abilities, Kevin, allows him to hack into the uh, into the complex and take control of one of those robots. Yeah, you can move it around. So yeah, you can move it around. You can get they get trashed a lot. The robots do get trashed a lot, mm. uh, but they do keep coming back on because as soon as someone moves into the room, then you get another robot. But you can also take control of the robot and push someone into another room to find out what's there. Yeah, Which and also fun. the character I was using had the special move carry. So I yeah. was ca- so right. You were Max the bodyguard, I think it was, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. So I actually carried you into a different room where you didn't want to go. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't that wasn't good for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they have different. So like, there's another uh, Alice. I think could turn invisible. Yeah. Um, and all of these characters had different rooms, which were, were very interesting. One could, if memory serves, um, Emmett could lock off. You could lock the rooms, the and, rooms and you could and, go in. Mm. Yeah, and it just it it just added that little bit more uh, variability, mm-hmm. uh, made your character a little bit unique. It added another couple of characters to the game, so that you could now play it with eight players, which could be madness, couldn't it? Mm. But as I say, essentially, you've got these few options of uh, different actions to take, and you're trying to get to room twenty-five, 
and then get room move the complex so that room 25 is in one of the uh, escape positions well, so you can all get outside. out of the complex yeah which is one of the out outer grids so ultimately there's uh, 12 different spaces you can get it to so that part's not too difficult uh, but I think when you play this yeah the things that make it really interesting to me first of all it's a, quite a light game so it's quick it's quick to play mm -hmm. you're not going to spend ages trying to think about what actions to take um, because of the way it, way it is it's very easy to teach to people that haven't played this game before but mm. you have so much fun when you do play the game it's kind of easy yeah because because we each take our turns going round it's not like you have ages on your turn yeah. and then you have somebody else mm -hmm. we kind of just go round the table and then go round the table again so. yeah um, I think the, the different modes that it has are good. They allow for you to play fully cooperatively, competitively, you can play in teams. Mm -hmm. I quite like the suspicion mode where you you deal identities or roles uh, at the start in secret. So someone may or may not be a guard trying to stop you and sabotage your efforts to escape. Yeah, That I think is really good. In fact, I would say that this is probably, for, for me personally, I think it's, it's the best... Uh, game to introduce people to a traitor mechanic because it's it's a traitor is that mechanic what you do? that do you introduce people <laughs> yeah. to mechanics. Well, you know when you think about mechanic uh, things like Dead of Winter, Battlestar Galactica, mm. even uh, games like Rick and Morty. A lot of games have a mechanic where someone might secretly be a traitor that's not on your side, yeah. and some of those bigger games might be difficult for somebody that's not familiar with that. But I think with this, it's quite a light traitor mechanic but it's still very interesting the way it works so it's fun to play the traitor mm. the trouble is the game's so different to those other games i yeah. mean that the traitor the fact that there's a traitor i mean that's just an aspect of the game yeah i mean it just you do completely different things than you do on those other games yeah uh, i think battlestar galactica would probably be the the classic one for people to get into oh, for the games. for the for a very good traitor mechanic yeah i mean you can't really beat battlestar galactica and mm. dead of winter uh, for the, for the traitor mechanic, but I think as a, an introduction for people that haven't aren't that familiar with games, maybe and yeah. haven't really uh, played that sort of traitor mechanic before, this one is quite a light way to play, easy to get to grips with what you meant to do if you are the traitor, mm -hmm. um, but it's still kind of tense enough because you don't want to be in a room with someone else just in case they push you into a mortal danger room or something yeah. like that. I never do um, that a lot anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even without the traitor. Yeah. You know, so I think it does introduce that really well. I think the only con for this game, personally, is that players could be eliminated right at the beginning of the game quite easily. I don't think that's a con. <laughs> and <laughs> well, It seems like it's more of a knockout thing. And yeah. That's the... That's what the cube film's yeah. like. Well, again, that's very thematic, and I like that about the game itself that that can mm -hmm. happen. I just know if that hap if someone was knocked out in the first uh, couple of goes, I'd feel kind of bad for them that they couldn't join in the rest of the game. Yeah. If it was me personally, I think I would just enjoy looking and, and watching the rest of the game. Yeah. But for the person that's been knocked out, knocked out, they might not find it so much fun. But overall, but I really enjoy it. this game, and I've, I say I've played this with, uh, you know, fairly fairly new gamers and they've mm. got it very quickly they've really enjoyed it they've wanted to play it again mm -hmm. Richard what are your thoughts on, on the, the game itself um, I really like the the theme of it mm. and 
and like you were saying that it's quite light um just what you what you were saying just then about how if people get knocked out quite early um the game won't necessarily last a long time no so it's there only might like not, a 30 minute game or so it might it? not be waiting around a long time yeah. and then you can just set it up again and they will have by that point have been watching and they would have been often thinking I could have done that a lot better <laughs> <laughs> and they might just have lots of ideas about how they can um yeah it, you get a lot more ideas when you're watching other people play yeah. I think and yeah the I think the season 2 makes it a lot better mm. because the characters have their own special abilities and um just the fact that it makes the characters different mm. um, so you feel more like you're playing a, a role there and yeah it's, it's just the fact that your characters can die so easily mm. sometimes there's some rooms where if you don't move out of it on your next turn then you'll die mm. in there and if you've programmed them not to move then there's nothing you can do yeah. and uh, yeah I think especially when we have two characters each that's pretty good but I think with more players and so that we just have the one character mm. and you might die or you might not. I think that would feel more like being trapped in a death maze. Yeah. And that's so, what I like about it. The fact that it moves around so much mm. as well. I think the most I've ever played this with was five players. Mm. Um, and it's quite interesting when you've got five different players, the, yeah. just how much things can be thrown out. I mean, just for sure the sheer amount that the rooms are going to move because of the control mechanic yeah uh, control yeah, that will keep happening that happens so much and it's very difficult to try and plot mm. a se- you know when it's just you're playing this maybe with a couple of players yeah. you can kind of go around and you can peek at a room and you know that it's more than likely still going to be there when you come around to moving that very rarely seems to happen with a higher player count because of the well, control action and that just makes it more exciting when you're going into this room and you don't know what you're going to find there mm. well yeah, it's more that you. It never moves very far, does mm. it? Um, it's not that you know it's going to be quite near. It's just. It just always tends to be quite near. When it gets to your mm. next turn again, you think, oh, it's just over there. After that, it doesn't tend to matter so much, I don't mm. think. Um, but yeah, if you were, if by the time it came back to you, it's it's moved sideways twice, then up, and then around <laughs> again. Yeah. One game it's, I was it's playing. Like one game I was playing and there was five of us mm. and I'd, I, I was, I'd peaked for my first action mm-hmm. and saw that the room that I was thinking of moving into was safe. Mm-hmm. And so in my next uh, action, because I'd already programmed for a movement, I was thinking, okay, I'll go there. By the time it had come back round to me, the room had moved three times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had no idea what I was going into. And that, as I say, is, is very exciting and it's very thematic to the game because those you know they they were going into rooms blind for most of the cube film weren't they mm. and they were just relying on prime numbers yeah uh, and i i do think that this is a very good one for for newer gamers for gateway gamers as i say i don't think anybody particularly is going to play this and go i didn't enjoy it yeah maybe not yeah so personally this is one i would recommend what about you richard uh yeah because just because of the variety of it really mm. and like I said I think yeah I, I think pe- I'll just have to think about it for a minute then but I think people would enjoy it um, I can't really think of anybody that wouldn't um, I mean if they're willing to play a board game at mm. all <laughs> then I mean it's got enough immersion and isn't too heavy as well and I think people just enjoy 
pushing people into death rooms and nothing <laughs> else. And uh, yeah, I I think I would recommend that because there's going to be a uh, one of the game modes that will appeal to most people. I think. Hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. So that's Room 25 by Matago. Check it out. Farewell, Quester. To find out about other productions by the Middlesome Meeples, then check out our channel or rendezvous with us at middlesomemeeples.com. Until next time, Quester, farewell and keep thine axe sharp.